0: Let us stand for the gospel reading. The holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Christ. Jesus called the people to him and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him and left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable. And Jesus said to them, Then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him, since it enters not his heart, but his stomach, and is expelled? Thus he declared all foods clean. And Jesus said, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they devour the person. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Christ. Come, Holy Spirit, come and take my words, that they would be your words, that your truth would be spoken here, that we would be edified and Jesus would be glorified, and we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. So I'm going to talk just a moment. I'm going to read a couple of paragraphs about the martyrs of Papua New Guinea. And then try and make some connections to this passage from Ephesians that we read. Um, Their feast day is actually September 2nd, and it's the day of their martyrdom, um, January 40, uh, January 2nd, excuse me, September 2nd, 1942. Anglican missionaries arrived in New Guinea in 1891 with the backing of the Anglican Church in Australia This followed Australian involvement in the administration of the southeast region of New Guinea. In 1941, the Anglican Church in Papua New Guinea celebrated its jubilee year, its 50th year, and the war had so far had little impact on that area, and cooperation between all the missions, including German-Lutheran in the northeast, continued unabated. Southward moves by the Japanese brought the war to Papua New Guinea in January 1942. Most Europeans were evacuated to Australia, but both Roman Catholic Bishop Alan de Boismo and Anglican Bishop Philip Strong encouraged their staff to remain. Bishop Strong expressed the general feeling amongst the staff in a broadcast. He said, We would never hold up our faces again if, for our own safety, we all forsook him and fled when the shadows of the Passion began to gather around him in his spiritual body. That's the church in Papua. Most missionaries remained at their post, avoiding the invading Japanese as best as they could. A number of them survived the war. In all, 272 Christians died during the Second World War in Papua New Guinea. One hundred eighty-nine Roman Catholics, twenty Lutherans, twenty-six Methodist, two Seventh Day Adventists, and twenty-three members of the Salvation Army, along with twelve Anglicans. Anglicans are, commem- are commemorated in many parts of the Anglican Communion on September. The Anglicans are commemorated on September second. They died in various incidents. May Haman, a nurse; Mavis Parkinson, a teacher were executed at Uru. Henry Matthews, a priest, and Leslie Gardali, a Papuan teacher and evangelist, were killed at sea, and John Barge and Bernard Moore, priests, they died in New Britain. The largest group of martyrs was a group beheaded on a beach at Bunya. This group included an English priest, Vivian Redlich, who, on, who had been on sick leave at Dorga, when the Japanese invasion began, he insisted on returning to his base at Sangara. Although the Japanese were coming to destroy the mission station, he celebrated a final Sunday Eucharist with his people before moving off into the jungle. He and others were eventually captured and executed, including Marjorie Benchley, a nurse, Lily Lashmar, a teacher, John DeFill, a builder, Henry Holland, a priest, and Lucien Taibeti, a Papuan teacher, the decision of the missionaries to stay was criticized in some circles, but after the war, it was the mission and their staff who remained, who were welcomed back by the people of Papua New Guinea. I think it's... um, Remarkable. It's it's noteworthy that this happened um, in 1942, and it's noteworthy that this continues to happen today. And um, I'm struck in looking at this at the vocations of the people i read through this but as i read it out loud what struck me the most was the vocations of the people i got two different sizes of font i'm sorry i have to keep changing glasses because this one's small Uh, really small Um, here are the here are the anglicans and and the anglicans the vocations of the anglicans we have a nurse we have a teacher we have a builder we have a priest and we have a local teacher what they don't list here is there was also a nine-year-old girl that was executed along with them and um, a couple of other health care worker kind of people one doctor and some somebody in the hospital staff kind of place but all of these people were able to live out their faith in jesus to show forth their faith for jesus And they were doing different things. They weren't all professional Christians. They had vocations and they were using their vocations to the glory of God. And they had lives there. And they chose not to flee when the going got tough. And I think that's really the lesson and the example that we see Paul... Encouraging us with in Ephesians. It's not to. Flee. When the going gets tough. Paul writes be strong. In the Lord. And in the strength of his might. You see none of these folks. Could face what they faced. With the Japanese invasion. Of Papua New Guinea. And knowing. Because word travels how bad it was going to get. Because the Japanese were ruthless to their prisoners. They were cruel beyond cruelty. And they knew what was coming. They could not have made that decision to stay without the Lord's strength working through them. They realized that they were not up against Uh, A physical battle as much as they were up against the principalities, up against true um, evil and destruction that comes into the world that we know from John 10, that the wolf comes to kill, steal and destroy. And so all the enemy cares about is destruction, and they knew that their destruction was coming, but they were able to take up this armor of God. To stand fast, to stand firm, and to um, give a witness to what it means to lay down your life for your friends. And I think the real, the the place where this connects with me, and this is probably what I need to say, um, is I have... Several friends, Burmese friends, um, who are, there's a a large Burmese community, actually, in the United States, and they're all Anglican, and um, they, the story of them, I wish I could remember the name of the movie. Do you remember the name of the movie? I'll I'll get it to you, but the story of them is actually a guy that graduated seminary from Neshota House the year before I got there. He graduated, he got handed this little podunk church in Knoxville, outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. And the church, they basically brought him in there to shut the church down. And um, he had this big field area that was like a soccer field or something. And these Burmese, this Burmese family came in looking for help. And he said, I'm sorry, I can't really help you, but maybe over here. And then on Sunday, they showed up at church. And They knew the liturgy, even though it was in English, they still knew the liturgy because they were Anglican. And um, it's just a really cool story. I wish I could remember the name of it. But the point is, I have spent time with the Archbishop of Myanmar. And I have spent time with the clergy and people of Myanmar. And they they are daily in fear of their lives because of their faith. And what laying down their lives for their friends means for them is giving shelter to somebody that needs shelter, even though it's costly and perhaps life-threatening. It means um, taking people into the woods to hide in a place of safety. And I'm just imagining that this is exactly what this group of people that decided to stay and lay their lives down in Papua New Guinea, I imagine it's the same kind of thing a jungle environment where you're on the run and you're, you have to really depend upon the provision of God, the strength of God, and the goodness of God, and the love and charity and respect of your fellow man. Um, I think as far as... Um, any kind of real reflection on this I struggle with this um, I, I would like to think that I would be the first one to step forward and say shoot me or take me but like everybody else I think I'm a coward <laughs> I think I, if I'm being really honest uh, I don't know how I would respond Um, And I know that if I did respond that way, that it would only be by God's grace, by God's strength, as Paul says, in the strength of his might, that I would be able to stand firm and do that. I like to think that I would, um, but it's hard to imagine those kind of situations and those kind of situations are still going on. And so that's, I think, the, the point and the reflection of remembering these martyrs um, is that they chose to lay their lives down for their friends, but they also um, represent a group of people that are persecuted, a um, group of people that are still in this, that are, that are still contemporary times that are being persecuted and killed for the faith, and um, We have it pretty easy, so we should be thankful. But we should remember to pray for those who are persecuted as well. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for um, your grace, for the strength of your might. Lord, I thank you for the witness of the martyrs of Papua New Guinea. Thank you for the witness of the martyrs of Uganda. And for... um, those that, that kept the faith even unto death. Lord, that um, out of that comes the renewal and the uh, church that is true to who you are. And so, Lord, we pray that you would um, show us how to support the people that are persecuted for your name's sake. And Lord, show us um, what it means to lay our lives down for our friends in all of the um, seemingly trivial ways that it happens when it's not a life and death situation. Lord, show us how to do that so that we can be better examples of who you are and of your great love. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.